Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Before I jump into this episode, I want to let you know that I've got an exciting announcement at the end of the presentation, so please stick around. It is a fact that Steven Seagal has left an indelible impression on the Aikido world in many ways, and particularly in the area of Randori. Let's take an in-depth look at the methods that he uses. We are fortunate to have a number of film and video sources to examine. I'll be using footage from both the mat and from his movies, which may not make a lot of sense at first, but I will explain the reasoning as I go along. Everyone has their views on Seagal. This analysis is only a technical one, looking at the tactics and techniques that he uses. Let's get started. This first clip is the opening sequence from his movie Above the Law. You'll notice it's on the mat, but it was filmed for the movie. Seagal himself has stated many times that he really didn't change much of his Aikido for the movies. This has been echoed also by the students that he used in the films as Azukes, saying that while the scenes were choreographed, they really weren't that much different from what they were doing normally in the dojo during their training. From what we see of demonstrations and what we see on the mat, I think those statements are true. Let's start with this clip, since it introduced so many people to Aikido. When studying Randori footage, always take a look at Uke's attacks. Here we see both hands reaching for Seagal's shoulders. And here we see it again. This could have been the same attack, but we're not sure because of how the film was cut. And here we see it again. There really didn't appear to be an attack there. Here we see a straight in attack as though it would be a punch or a grab to the throat. Here we have a straight up wrist grab. And here we have what appears to be a tight Yokomanuchi or a diagonal chop attack. Let's look at that again. Sigal just used Kaitenage, and he's going to use it right here too. Now let's look at that one more time. Watch Sigal's right hand come up from underneath to make contact with Uke's arm in order to engage the throw. Now watch for the path of Uke's hands as they come up towards Sigal's shoulders. Hands coming up from underneath can easily find your face, and if they get to your eyes, you're in real trouble. Now let's look at the hand position. When the hand and fingers are underneath the arm, as it is shown here, the only thing protecting your face from Uke's arm is your thumb, and that's pretty risky. Kaitenage does seem to be one of Seagal's favorite throws. Here we see an entry much like the one for Kaitenage, only with a strong right-handed strike. Here he is able to freeze Uke for a second and then just crumple him. This next technique is a simple hijiotosh, or elbow cut. Now notice the attack. Uke's hands always seem to aim for Seagal's shoulders and stop there. They don't actually go through an attack all the way to the head or to the face, which they easily could. Here we see the same grabbing attack with both hands and the response is a shomenate. The position Seagal uses here is that his left hand is on Uke's chin and his right arm is down. Uke's arms are long enough to get to Seagal's head, but it seems like he's been pretty well trained to only grab for the shoulders. This clip also clearly shows something that Seagal does a lot, or rather he doesn't do. Notice he doesn't get off the line. He stays right in the direct line of attack. There's no foot movement, no body shift, no head shift. He just stays right there and waits for Uke to come to him. The next video that we're gonna look at comes from 1995 at the 33rd All Japan Aikido demonstration. Let's look at the portion of the video where he starts dealing with multiple attackers. As mentioned earlier, pay particular attention to the attacks that Ukes are using here. 
Notice that every attack is grabbing the shoulder either with one hand or two hands. Granted, this is a demonstration and not a real fight. Now let's take another look at a slower speed and break it down. Right out of the gate, we see that Kaitenage that he's so fond of. The second Uke comes out with an incoherent attack. He holds his arm out and goes by Seagal. Then Seagal steps forward into an Iriminage, which seems to be like a Hijiotosh, where he just pushes Uke down. This is a method that really only works when you have a weight advantage. And here we see that Kaitenage again. Here we see another Hijiotosh like we saw before. And just like the last one, Uke's right hand has an unobstructed path to Seagal's head. Notice he consistently leaves that path open. And here is that Hijiotosh again. It's nice to have small Uke. Here Seagal gets caught into a bad habit of backing up. You can see him get into a little trouble, and he tries to back his way out of it. Because the attacks are light grabs, it's pretty easy for him to maneuver out. It looks like there's a collision here and collisions favor the larger person. Here Seagal moves forward really well, then turns, and then he backs up, backing up off the mat. Here he comes back to the mat, lifts Uke, throws him to the left, and now he has two Ukes to his right, which he deals with. With both Ukes coming in on the right, he uses the same technique. His right arm slides underneath, comes up to the shoulder, and throws the body. Seagal consistently presents an easy target of his head, but his ukes never take it. As I said before, this is a demonstration, but the differences between demonstration and training for actual fighting are profound, and we can see just how different they are by watching this video. The techniques we see in this demonstration present plenty of opportunity for a creative uke to land some good attacks. This footage is from The Path Beyond Thought, which is a documentary about Steven Seagal. This footage appears to be older, dating from the early to mid-80s. Even going back this far, we can see some of the methods and techniques that Seagal tends to prefer. I'll break this down in slow motion here in a moment, but notice how Seagal tends to go to just a handful of his favorite techniques throughout this video. We can also see something here which is consistent with most of the videos that I've seen of Seagal, and that is that his ukes are smaller than he is, and by quite a margin. Let's take this from the top. The ukes come rushing very fast, but watch the one on the left. Let's see that again. What made him roll? Let's come back to that in a little bit. For now, let's look at the first move. Notice that Seagal stays kneeling as the ukes rush him. In fact, only after they pass by does he get to his feet. The success of this maneuver seems to be hinged on having ukes that charge really fast and are used to overrunning nage. Here we see a series of Kaitenage throws. And here we see Shomanate. Here are two more Kaitenage techniques, followed by a classic clothesline Iriminage. Here is another Kaitenage, followed by that crossbody Hijiotosh that he likes so much. Then we have two single arm throws. Here's another Kaitenage, followed by something very interesting. Notice how the second Uke rushes in. Seagal doesn't get off the line, he just pushes Uke back. He uses his superior size and strength. We've seen throughout this video, and for the rest of it, that his Ukes are merely attacking by putting their hands on his upper arms. 
There are no punches, kicks, or any other types of attacks here. It seems what we're seeing here is how he practices to do demonstrations. We can see here why Seagal's Aikido translated so well to action movies. The attackers are fast, he's able to handle each of them with ease, partially because their attacks are very limited, and he's able to look, well, like an action star. All of the techniques that he uses are definitely Aikido, although his execution does have some vulnerabilities in which unscripted attackers might be able to take advantage of. I think we can see why Hollywood fell in love with Steven Seagal's Aikido. Big dramatic throws and a larger-than-life character. Here we can see just how well this approach translates into movie action scenes. This fight sequence is one of the most popular and probably well-known of Seagal's fight scenes. For a great many Aikido practitioners, seeing this is what sold them on Aikido being practical and effective in a real fight. There is some very good technique in here, and we can see how flying bodies are very dramatic on the big screen. We can also look at this from a choreography standpoint. Remember, every fight scene in a movie is very carefully choreographed and planned out. You gotta hand it to Seagal. He did a great job in this scene and made it very exciting and thrilling to watch. Right down to the climax of grabbing somebody and diving through the window. Now let's slow it down and take a closer look. Let's watch the attacks and the techniques that he uses. Lunge for the gun, he sidesteps. Another lunging attack, he sidesteps. The other two rush, he sidesteps that. What looks like a straight punch turns into a kaitenage. Here we see a shomenuchi with a bottle. I really wonder if this is where most instructors get the impression that shomenuchi is a valid attack because somebody could attack with a bottle. Here is a yokomenuchi attack followed by a nodotsukiage. There's no question that controlling someone's head can make for a very dramatic throw. Next, we have a simple kick with a sidestep and a redirect. Not a flashy technique by modern movie standards, but it seems to get the job done. Next, we have a grab to Seagal's chest with the finger splayed open. Clearly, this is an interesting choice in choreography. Notice Seagal's left hand goes to Uke's back to throw him into the beverage cooler. Here we see a simple punch to the face, which takes the bad guy down. Very typical movie action choreography. Now here we see what I think is probably Seagal's best crafted combination attack and response. The Ariminage from the kick and then the punch. We saw this same attack combination and response in the very first shot of the movie. A short fast front snap kick followed by a punch to the head. Response is two quick hand deflections and an Ariminage. Let's take a closer look at the attack and the defense. First, let's look at the attack itself. The first strike of the combo is a short, fast snap kick, followed by a fast jab to the head. Let's rewind that and look at it again. First, there's the front snap kick. The kick is thrown well outside of range, and he has no chance of actually reaching Seagal with his foot. This means Seagal doesn't have to move, adjust, or deflect in order to avoid being kicked. Nonetheless, he drops his hand down to deflect the kick. I guess I have this question. Why deflect a kick that you know isn't going to hit you? If you think it's going to hit you, why not move your body? Now let's consider how both of these work together. Seagal is using the same arm to do two deflections in two different areas against two attacks coming in rapid succession. 
Look at how far the same arm has to go to deflect both the kick and the punch. Given how short and fast Uke's attacks are, this really seems to be well choreographed from both sides. It makes perfect sense how well that very choreography fits into the movies. Moving along from the movie magic, let's take a look at this teaching footage from Path Beyond Thought. The setting appears to be a seminar of some type, with Seagal demonstrating how he does Randori. Are you noticing that all Uke's attacks are merely them grabbing for his shoulders? As we watch this footage play out, we see the same formula we've seen before. The attacks may come in rapid succession, but they're all simple grabs for his shoulders. His favorite techniques here are Kaitenage, Iriminage, Shomenate, Norotsukiage, and just getting off the line. And here he actually gets off the line while walking backwards. He also throws in some Yubidori once in a while. It's interesting that he uses more movement and placement in this demonstration than he does in previous demonstrations. It looks like the slower pace and simplistic attacks allow him to be more casual in dealing with Yuke's. From a teaching standpoint, slowing the pace down to allow students to see his movement and what he's doing is actually a good idea. Bruce Lee admitted that the martial arts that he displayed in his movies were far different from the Jeet Kune Do that he refined. Maybe Seagal's martial development followed similar paths. It's clear that what he crafted makes for a compelling demonstration and looks great on the silver screen. As his career went on, he adopted techniques from other martial arts, such as Wing Chun, to make his action sequences even more exciting. The magic of the movies is that it can make anything seem real. He uses techniques which certainly do work and are effective. But we do have to realize that violence in the movies and violence in real life work differently. We have to appreciate that violence in movies is dressed up to look entertaining and dramatic. Real violence is ugly and messy. Our challenge as martial artists is to be able to discern what is effective and what is aesthetically pleasing when it comes to violence. I hope you enjoyed this Randori breakdown. Randori is by far my favorite side of Aikido. The reason I love it so much is that Randori is the full expression of the merger of the physical, strategic, and tactical sides of the art. It's also the most fun to practice and do. My students really enjoy Randori and even beginners can start learning the fundamentals and build solid skills quickly. I've started a series of videos on how to learn Randori fundamentals on the Spirit Aikido online program. There are now almost 150 videos in the program. My study of Randori, in particular how to teach it and train it effectively, goes back more than 10 years. There's a link in the description. I invite you to check it out. Now for the exciting announcement that I promised. A handful of Aikido instructors in the UK have invited me to come and teach a seminar over there, and we're tentatively planning on doing that on the weekend of August 20th and 21st of 2021. There's a great deal of uncertainty in the world right now. We're going to do everything we can to make this seminar happen. I will be releasing more details in the future, but I can tell you that I've invited a number of the instructors that I've interviewed on this podcast, and everyone has expressed eager interest in attending and sharing their knowledge. The idea of getting together and training with these instructors and you listeners is thrilling to me. Stay tuned to future episodes for more information. 
I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.